The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome to Dr. Carol's Couch with your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of Dr. Lieberman, her guests, and callers. Now it's time to have a seat on Dr. Carol's Couch. Here's your host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome to today's edition of Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today we're talking about school shootings go global. And why? Because the school shooting in Finland this past week has shown us just how much we're exporting from America. It's not just McDonald's and Pizza Hut or Domino's. <laughs> it is school shootings, unfortunately. Uh, you know, America has a lot to be proud of, but unfortunately the things that seem to be going global are not the things that we should be most proud of, including school shootings. Of course, this is something, violence in the media, that um, I've talked about for many years and how um, the fact that we're exporting it all over the world, and we're not the only ones, but the fact that violent media is being exported all over the world, including news that shows actual school shootings in this case or any kind of violence, um, is causing the world to erupt in violence. It's causing an epidemic of violence all over the world, and it just pr- is proven to be more and more true as each year goes on. My guests today are Joe Lieberman. He's the author of The Shooting Game, and that is a book about high school shootings that he uh, did a lot of research for. And my second guest coming on halfway through the show is Danny Ledone. And he is the um, he's a filmmaker and documentarian but he's best known for being the creator of Super Columbine Massacre, RPG, which stands for Role Playing Game. And um, we're, uh, before I uh, introduce my first guest, Joe Lieberman, no, no relation, um, I do want to tell you <laughs> that I am doing the show today from the studios, Fox Studios, Fox News Studios in Los Angeles. Um, where I'm going to have to leave you for about 10 minutes towards the end of the show to do an interview about OJ. <laughs> but my guests will uh, hopefully be able to um, carry on and uh, continue with this topic that, uh, that they both can debate so well. So let's start with Joe. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me on, Carol. Let's talk about um, this the shooter from Finland um, whose name is Pekka Eric. Ovenin. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, it's uh, kind of ironic. He's got Eric in his name. Uh, yeah. Similar to Eric Harris, one of the Columbine shooters. But uh, Yes, that's right. And he was a fan, uh, obsessed, in fact, with the Columbine killings. And the way that, let me just explain, the way that um, that this all ties in is that this uh, shooter from Finland um, would have Presumably, well, we know that he went to various websites, chat rooms, websites, played video games, and so on. And I don't know that it's been proven yet, but it certainly seems likely that he went to the website um, where this Super Columbine Massacre game is and probably played it. 
Well, that's possible. Um, we'll find out later because they are going through his computer. Uh, what they did find was the connection with the uh, would-be shooter in Norristown, Pennsylvania, on October uh, 10, a 14-year-old boy was arrested. That was the same day that the shooting did occur at the Cleveland, Ohio High School by a 14-year-old. And this is part of the interconnectivity of these things that's still going on. After the uh, shooting occurred in Ohio, a high school student in Pennsylvania said, I'm sick of hearing about all these school shootings. He didn't want another kid to do the same thing and keep this chain of events going on. So he went to the police and told them about 14-year-old Dylan Cossey, whose mother had purchased over 30 guns for him, most of them air guns, uh, but some of them more lethal weapons. And the police searched his home, found the weapons, found the plans, and Dylan, uh, again, a different spelling from Dylan Yes, Freeble. isn't that interesting? Yeah, yeah there, are, there are a lot of crossovers. But, <laughs> uh, and Dylan later admitted that he was planning a school shooting. Now, after they went to Finland and checked that computer, it turned up just uh, yesterday that um, Dylan Cossey in Norristown, Pennsylvania, had been communicating with the school shooter in Finland. And they had uh, shared videos, video gaming, and uh, communications about the Columbine shooters and the Columbine massacre. Um, with pleasure. I mean, this wasn't like, what a shocking thing. It was like, you know, what a great idea. Well, so, you, you know, know communications are incredible. Things. Yes. Well, you know, what's also incredible is that the lawyer of the young Pennsylvania boy is claiming that his client um, didn't know that the Finland Finnish boy was going to do this school shooting and that he was shocked. Now, <laughs> you know, how shocked could he have been when... They were um, both obsessed with the Columbine killing, and when he himself was planning a school shooting, why would he be shocked that somebody else was going to do it? Yeah, the, the lawyer um, says that, you know, I mean, now the boy is in captivity, and then he says he's horrified when he found out um, the uh, Finnish attack happened and that he never would have suspected uh, the boy in Finland of right. following through with a, volu- uh, with a violent act. I think the following through is the operational word. Of course, his lawyer and, and the boy himself are claiming that, that he wouldn't have actually gone through with it. He was simply planning it, which is what all of them say who are caught. It w- I was only joking. I was never going to do it. And when they're not caught, then afterwards, if they live, and few of them do because most of them are suicidal, then they say, um, well, I'm so sorry for what I did. I, if I could have done it all over again... So it's it's uh, hearing all the excuses and the hand wringing. You know, it, it doesn't um, convince me that these kids are really, you know, surprised or regretful. Well, you know, and and I don't know if you um, are aware because I just found it in the news today. Let me just get to this. There's another. There's a child. Well, a teenager in um, Sydney, Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, a YouTube post threatening a shooting spree at a Sydney high school is chillingly similar to a post made before a mass murder at a school in Finland last week. Um, there's a Jason James Cousins, who's 30. He's not exactly a, a, kid. a, a kid. Yeah. 
um, he posted his threat. Well, it was a school that he used to go to. Um, he posted a threat against. <laughs> Sam, it's a good thing I said at the beginning that I'm calling from the Fox Studios right. so that all these interruptions. Um, uh, it was a school that he used to go to, and uh, but this is the interesting thing. Um, he posted something on YouTube under the name "Kill Them All Now," and he pledged to give the Finnish gunman who shot dead eight students and teachers center stage, quote unquote, for four days before attention would be centered on the Sydney school. I'm giving him the center stage for four more days. Then the cameras will be at the Cambridge Park High School in Sydney. I mean, that's. You know, such a, uh, I mean, there's so many aspects to this, but this notoriety, this 15 minutes of fame aspect is, is such a strong motivator in, um, getting people to do these copycats, especially when one is in the news to then, you know, want a similar kind of, uh, 15 minutes. They see all the attention that that shooter is getting and it reminds them again that they could get all that attention if they, uh, have a high school or a school shooting. And and it just pushes them over the edge. Right, and that is uh, one entire chapter in my book, The Shooting Game. Uh, the entire title is The Shooting Game, The Making of School Shooters, um, the four-letter word, F-A-M-E. Mm-hmm. And um, without that that word, without the results of, of what they get as far as media attention, I'm sure at least half, maybe most of these shootings, uh, the most recent ones definitely, would not have occurred. And we've been seeing a trend, as you mentioned, YouTube, uh, for the latest ones. And, by the way, that's where the boy in Pennsylvania kind of hooked up with the boy in Finland, through YouTube. Well, you know, it's interesting. There are all these different reports. There's also a report that it was through MySpace. Um, There's also a report that it was through a website devoted to the Columbine killers. I guess they're not 100% sure. There were probably um, correspondence on each of these sites. Yeah, could have been. I mean, uh, they may have overlapped. But, I mean, previous to that, uh, before YouTube was even uh, uh, an item, um, this idea of of posting things uh, in the media uh, goes back uh, quite a way. And we saw with um, the Virginia Tech shooting that, of course, he posted those uh, news tapes, the videos he made of himself to NBC News. But Previous to that was the North Carolina shooting last fall uh, where the fellow uh, Alvario Castillo first killed his father and then went to the school and shot but did not kill anybody. Um, he also posted videotapes of himself, but not to a TV station. He posted them to a uh, uh, newspaper. And in my book, I'm drawing comparisons with uh, terrorists, and I know you've done uh, your book, uh, the... Uh, coping with terrorism, uh, which uh, there may be some overlap here as well. Um, But this idea of putting yourself out in the media um, is so similar. What is the last thing a a terrorist with a bomb belt Mm -hmm. does before he blows himself up? He makes a videotape, and we don't see them here. They're shown on Al-Qaeda in other places, but... Uh, this, or in Europe, <laughs> yeah, and and it's uh, it's it's these this connectivity, and then of course uh, there was the uh, Virginia Tech shooting, uh, Mr. Cho saying also that he considered himself a martyr, like Dylan and Klebold at Columbine. So there's this whole other category of school shooters that are calling themselves martyrs, 
Um, but martyrs for what? Well, in Finland, you, you heard, of course, uh, what he was shouting as he was uh, shooting up the classrooms. What was that? Uh, it was all about the revolution has come and, you know, free the masses kind of thing. It was, he was a self-styled revolutionary, but he considered himself higher than humanity. And he actually uh, wrote that in some of his postings. Well, you know, he was a really interesting guy because um, he was incredibly well-read. I mean, you know, there are some, um, <laughs> it's sort of the European, more, uh, you know, the European, um, more erudite version of uh, the Columbine shooters. He read Nietzsche, he read Orwell, he read, um, oh, there was a whole list of, of um of uh, writers that he was really existentialism, you know, that he was really engrossed in and that he, um, you know, that caused him to say, I'm a ex- cynical existentialist and et cetera, et cetera. His writings were incredibly uh, intellectual, like which is very sad. It's also sad we need to take a break right now, <laughs> but we will be coming back. My guest today is Joseph Lieberman. He is the author of The Shooting Game. We're talking about school shootings and how they have now migrated, are migrating all over the globe. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. The Cherry Douglas Show, with the CEO of Worldwide Music Incorporated and the founder and publisher of Gospel Truth Magazine, Cherry Douglas. By tuning in weekly, you will gain insight, tips, and tools to help get your career started. From how to market yourself to distribution of your product, learn the power of faith-based marketing and much more on The Cherry Douglas Show. Join Cherry each week with guests from the gospel music industry, entrepreneurs, speakers, and authors as they discuss faith-based news, events, and trends. The Cherry Douglas Show with Carrie Douglas broadcast each Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern, and is brought to you by Gospel Truth Magazine and Worldwide Music Incorporated on the Voice America channel. The Carrie Douglas Show with Carrie Douglas, your premier source for faith based entertainment, news, events, and trends. Radio by George is a lifestyle program dedicated to improving the lives of listeners by focusing on the holistic growth of their mind, body, and spirit. Host Eddie George shares his life experiences as well as the experiences of his guest commentators and experts with the listening audience to focus them toward reaching their personal and professional goals. Tune in every Monday afternoon at 1 p.m. PST, 4 p.m. EST to Radio by George on the Voice America channel and learn more from the life experiences of a man who went from being a somewhat unruly kid in the streets of Philadelphia to a retired professional athlete who has become a role model for not only young people, but for businessmen and women globally. Plan to spend your Monday afternoons with Eddie George and his empowering talk radio show, Radio by George. That's every 
Monday at 1 p.m. PST, right here on the Voice America channel. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Today's show is School Shootings Go Global. My guest today is Joseph Lieberman. He is the author of The Shooting Game, uh, the mind, the making of a of a school shooter. Is that correct? For That's the, correct. Yeah. Okay. And uh, later, soon we'll be joined by Danny Ladone, who is uh, the maker of um, the Super Columbine Massacre role playing game. Which um, just want to make sure it's clear that I am very much against this, uh, thinking that um, that it goes more to making school shooters than. Uh, than helping in any way, but we will be talking to him soon. Um, th- we were talking about the uh, the, the m- most recent um, school shooting, the one in Finland, um, by Pekka Eric, we'll call him, <laughs> his, first, his first two names. Um, and I was talking about his mind and um, how erudite he seemed to be. I mean, what a, how sad it is that that somewhere along the line in his childhood, obviously, he became twisted as a result of uh, undoubtedly um, problems, you know, influences uh, by his parents that twisted him, as well as being exposed to media violence, including, most likely, this um, video game that um, Danny Ladone uh, created, but certainly by the news reports of the uh, Columbine shooters. You know, one of the things that I found disturbing about this Finnish shooter was that he seemed to well first of all his his um name for the internet was uh Sturmgeist eighty nine, which means storm spirit. Mm-hmm. But there was definitely a whole Nazi um attitude. Uh, he talked about cleansing, he talked about um I'm a natural selector, I will eliminate all who I see are unfit. Um you know, he had this this uh, fantasy that he was um, you know, like the Nazis, going to decide who lives and who dies and who's fit and who's not. He was apparently, as is typical, picked on and uh, lonely and antisocial. Um, it's interesting that he killed, besides the students, he killed the school mistress, uh, an older woman, and a nurse. Now, yeah, now, mistress, right? Now, you know. <laughs> I mean, and people, some reports that say he killed people randomly. I'm sure there was nothing random in his killing the headmistress and even perhaps the nurse, you know, that may well represent some uh, rage at his mother, for example. Well, you're um, bringing up uh, quite a lot of subjects all at once here. It's it's, uh, very true, the Nazi connection, first of all. Uh, let's take that back to sure. the Columbine shooters because they also talked about natural selection. They also talked about being judgmental that they would, you know, choose who was worthy and that they themselves were above humanity just like this fellow did. Uh, he mm-hmm. found a lot in common with them. But in my research of um, a couple of hundred school shooters since 1974, uh, about 10%, and it's a pretty big number, were into something concerning Nazism and uh, fascism. Mm-hmm. So it's a pretty big it's a pretty big section, and that even includes 
the uh, Native uh, American boy at the uh, Indian Reservation in Minnesota in 2005 in March um, who did the school shooting there at, at uh, Red Lake. And uh, he was also uh, into neo-Nazism, uh, though you'd think as a minority um, that wouldn't appeal to him, but he was into pure blood, uh, mm-hmm. for one thing. So there's a lot of... Yes, there was something about his uh, heritage that he wasn't pure blood, correct? Right. Did you, yes. No, he, yeah, he was, he was mixed, but he, uh, he, he talked about it as an ideal. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there, there are a lot of connections that, uh, that you're moving into here. And um, again, uh, you talked about him being uh, very well read, uh, if we go to the Cleveland, Ohio incident on October 10th, uh, Asa Kuhn, one of very few white students in this uh, mostly black school in Cleveland, an advanced school, a school for high achievers, mm-hmm. really, uh, he had read War and Peace. He had become a chess expert and was the, yeah. uh, won a citywide competition in chess. So being intellectual, being intelligent, being well-read are not unusual for school shooters, and Part of the reason uh, that a lot of them get picked on, maybe, is because of this intellectualism, uh, this a bit of standing apart. But, but obviously, smart kids don't all become school shooters. Right. It's this combination of that type of intelligence uh, with um, other psychological problems that you must be familiar with. Right. I mean, it's not the, I guess what I'm trying to say, it's not the intelligence per se that that goes, I mean, it's just the more intelligent and well-read someone is, the more they can um, verbalize uh, their feelings in a more intellectual way, but, but really the, the, their childhood, the, a lot of times, abuse um, by their parents, neglect by their parents, um, being bullied and picked on, um, and of course, the media, you know, are the more have the more most impact. But I just find it such a tragedy when someone who, you know, has such potential in an intellectual way. I mean, it's a tragedy when any child goes bad and and does this. But it just seems um, even more tragic when someone is so intelligent and so well read, and and that they are that their psychological makeup is so twisted that they can't put those, channel those into something productive yeah. for society. And, and absolutely. And again, there's this connectivity with the, um, the terrorists because the most recent ones that were arrested in England this past summer, uh, as you may recall, were, were doctors, uh, yeah. some of them. And, yeah. I mean, how do, you, how do you figure that? I mean, we, we trust doctors. We, we know they're well-educated. And here they are also interested in terrorism. So... It's sort of this this separate reality going on that uh, you know society has its standards. We respect intelligence. We respect these things, but when you combine it with some other elements, um, you're going to get these uh, anom- anomalies. You know, one thing I haven't been able to find information about. Maybe you have um, about the Finnish shooter. Is you know, he, and something that's fascinating is he called his gun Catherine. Do you know anything about who Catherine is? Uh, no, that's a new one on me. I hadn't heard that one. Yeah. Is it spelling with a K or a Y? Um, I think it was with a C, but, um, well, I mean, at least in the article that I saw. But 
But what seemed to be interesting was, uh, you know, a gun is a phallic symbol. It's interesting that he would give a, uh, well, that goes along with what I was saying about his killing the, the headmistress, the female headmistress. There's obviously something, <laughs> some oh, deep yeah, trouble between yeah. he and his mother. Yeah, I mean, as far as the, the, uh, the, the gender differences, uh, first of all, uh, again, in the researching of all these shootings, the majority of victims are female. And the majority of shooters overwhelmingly are male. Mm-hmm. There's been a few female school shooters, but just a handful. And uh, again, it, it, for the same reasons, one might be bullied or, or somebody has deep, very deep psychological problems. But you know, why is that? And again, in my book, I'm, I'm exploring what's going on in our society um, because it goes much deeper and much further than just passing it off as, well, you know, that's boys for you. They're, you know, a little more violence-prone. So uh, you're right. You're getting into a whole Pandora's box there as well. Right. And, and, I mean, I know it wasn't so much about how many, whether the victims were, I mean, I think what's significant is that it wasn't just uh, female students, but that it was the headmistress, you know, the the female headmistress and her nurse. Which seem, which both seem like female authority figures. Um, so I just, it just kind of makes me. I would look first into his relationship with his mother, as um, in terms of trying to find out where, where the psychopathology came from, where he became twisted, what happened in his childhood that caused him to become so violent. Yeah, I mean the the main subject of my book, because I live in Oregon, is uh, a school shooter here in 1998 in in my town who first killed his mother and his father uh, before uh, the next day going to his school and opening fire there. And uh, there you have a very, very clear situation where um, the parents uh, were involved in his mind that, that he, he had to eliminate them. Uh, he was suicidal, of course, but he wouldn't just kill himself. He had to go to the school as well. And... Uh, Again, this is not the norm. Uh, it has happened a few times in uh, Minnesota as well at Red Lake. Jeff Weiss um, killed his grandfather, who was the closest relative he had, um, before he went to do his school shooting. And even if you go back to the first ever campus shooting, uh, which was the uh, Charles Whitman shooting at the University of Texas, August 1966, it was a college campus, but nevertheless a campus shooting, he first killed his mother and his wife. Yes, interesting. So, yeah, it's uh, extinction behavior. That's what it's about, um, where somebody wants to destroy their world and themselves mm-hmm. by choosing the people closest to them. Um, this uh, fellow in Finland, I know they say today he did leave a suicide note for his yeah. parents. I'd love to know what it said. Well. Yes, I mean, you know, that was another thing. He said in one of his, I guess in his suicide note, don't blame the media, or maybe it was something on YouTube or some posting, but he said, don't blame the media. Um, you know, this was all I, all my own decision, which is so typical. A lot of times, um, whether it's school shootings or just other kinds of uh, people who um, killed people or attempted to kill people, they don't want, you know, it's okay that they're known as a killer, 
but they don't want to be known as someone who was influenced by the media to kill. Like, they don't want to seem like a patsy, you know, who could be that easily influenced by the media. And I thought it was fascinating that he, he gave this whole list. It wasn't television. It wasn't, you know, videos or books or whatever. It was just me. <laughs> and again, he was copying Columbine when he said yes. that. Yeah. Yes. But it wasn't. But no, no. <laughs> it was just a coincidence that he uh, used, the did, used the music and used uh, some of the you know same kinds of things. He used stray bullet music by KMFDM, which is what the Columbine that's students right. used. Not much originality there. Yes, that's right. Well, we need to take a break. We'll be back. You're listening to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host. We're talking today about school shootings going global. My guest is Joe Lieberman. We've been talking about uh, his book. He is the author of The Shooting Game. So stay tuned. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your questions. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Everything you want, everything you want to do, and everything you want to have is right at your fingertips. People think that accomplishing your goals has to be difficult. Guess what? It doesn't. All you need are the right tools and a map. And that is what author, professional speaker, and now talk radio host Charmin Lane is offering you. Join Charmin Wednesday afternoons at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel for success made simple. Ever wonder what are the favorite travel destinations of the Hollywood jet set? Where do celebrities like to go when they aren't walking the red carpet? Tune in to Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk with president of Traveris, David Manning, and Lisa O'Hurley, golf aficionado and wife of actor John O'Hurley. On Traveris Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa talk with well-known actors, sports celebrities, and entertainment insiders to find out about their favorite travel destinations and what they recommend. On Travera Celebrity Travel Talk, David and Lisa also offer up feature vacations each week and last-minute deals for your next getaway. Find out what's new and exciting in the travel industry, as well as how to raise money for your nonprofit organizations while enjoying a wonderful vacation. Travera Celebrity Travel Talk with David Manning and Lisa O'Hurley broadcasts each Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America channel. Travera Celebrity Travel Talk, your inside look into celebrities and travel. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships, check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. 
Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. And welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. We've been talking today about school shootings going global in the news recently, there was the Finnish school shooting, and I was just talking before about the, the threatened school shooting in Sydney, Australia. It seems to be multiplying as we speak. We've been talking with Joe Lieberman. He's the author of The Shooting Game, and now we're joined by Danny Ledone. Did I pronounce your name correctly? Yeah, my last name is Ledone. Yes, Ledone. very close. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Um, and he is the creator of Super Columbine Massacre RPG, meaning role-playing game, and um, that uh, is on the Internet. Um, welcome to the show, Danny. Thanks for having me. You know, um, I have long been uh, interested in talking with you. <laughs> Actually, talking is sort of a euphemism. <laughs> uh, okay. I was thinking of, uh, I guess my thoughts ran more like uh, boycotting your site or standing outside your house and picketing or something like that. Because okay. um, what you may not know is that I'm a long-standing um, media violence activist, anti-media violence activist, and believe that these kinds of things, whether it's video games or movies or television shows or the news about other school shootings or not just even school shootings but about violence in general, people copy these things. And I, I want to give you the chance to um, talk about what um, caused you to do this game. Sure, okay. Well, first of all, by no means am I a... Uh supporter of violence in media in the sense that, uh, that I'm, I'm pro-violence in that sense. I think you and I can both agree that violence is uh, an inherently destructive thing and that school shootings are not a good thing for society. Now, based on that establishment that you and I perhaps have, the next question would be, so what do we do about it? How can we, how can we understand or how can we affect change with regard to these kinds of events? Uh, myself, growing up in the video game era, I, I wanted to look at this issue of school shootings, specifically the shooting at Columbine, through the medium of the video game. Now, certainly there are books about Columbine, there are films about Columbine, uh, but the video game medium, just like any other, has the potential to allow us to experience this kind of event and, and perhaps walk away with a deeper understanding of why these things occur. Yes. So that's what you're attempting to do by your game, is to give people sure. a, a deeper... I, uh, I tried to articulate in my artist statement, which is found on the website, columbinegame.com, uh, I tried to articulate what was sort of in my, in my sights, if you will, while I was creating the, uh, the game. I think, you know, uh, Columbine in particular was one of the shootings where video games and other kinds of... Uh, violent media were brought to the forefront as to why these kinds of events occur, right? And so there's right. a very complex situation with a lot of things going on in the life of these two young men, why these things occur, everything from antidepressants to perhaps the, uh, the issues that were being raised around bullying and isolation. So there are many, many factors, but among them, uh, it seemed to me as a high school student in Colorado myself, the video games were kind of wheeled out in the forefront, something that perhaps mainstream culture didn't understand anyway, 
as as the reason that these kinds of things happen or you know like doom for example was a video game that was uh that was very much scorned uh because this was a game that these two young men played yeah. well newsflash doom was one of the most popular games of that era so the idea that you know that these things happen because of this game or because of any game or any kind of music is pretty far flung given its uh widespread acceptance in pop culture well okay that we would disagree about that because um i mean it's true that that lots of other people watched play doom who didn't you know engage in school shootings after that but it really has to do with uh i mean just like a lot of people watched um um uh what is that called um a, a, a killer Super, oh, what am I thinking? Natural born, natural born killers, and didn't go out and shoot people. But there were a whole lot of people all over the world who did. So it does have to do with their psychological makeup before they are exposed to the particular media. Um, right. But but it it does. Um, you know, in fact, when people why video games are especially uh, dangerous is because um, people actually have to not just watch something passively, but have to actually push buttons and, you know, interact to kill people. Now, <laughs> Right, yeah, hold on, let me stop you there, I'm sorry. Okay, uh, but, I've heard this argument a number of times, just what I would call the interactivity fallacy. I think there is something about video games that are different. Yes, they're a medium where you interact, but that's not to say that we don't have levels of interaction or engagement with every other yes, medium that we partake yes, in. Yes, absolutely. Now, I wanted to point out. Oh, wait, 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 wait! Before you wait, 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 Danny. Unfortunately, um, I just know that you have to go soon, so yes, I want to make exactly. sure we have time to well, talk. Well, yes, that's what I was just going to tell you. They're kind of calling me. I'm going to have to have you on again because obviously we disagree, and obviously there's going to be another school shooting. So um, I am going to leave the two of you. I'm going to leave my listeners in the hands. This is really a dangerous experiment here. Don't, don't worry, because that's a great question. <laughs> okay. And I will hope to join you again before the end of the show. But in any case, um, I will have you on, both of you, in the future. Okay. I look right. forward to it. Thanks Thank a lot. you. Bye-bye. And I'm, for those of you who are near Fox, who can watch Fox News, um, I'm going to be on in the next few minutes. Then you can, you can be doing both, multitasking. All right. Bye-bye. Okay. And I'll, I'll say hello to Danny. Hi there, Joe. How have you been? I'm pretty good. Uh, you know, as you were speaking about uh, video games and gaming, uh, I thought back to a couple of the emails we've exchanged in the past, and I think people find us a really odd couple because there you are designing this video game, and there I am writing about school shootings uh, in a book called The Shooting Game. Sure. Uh, I'm not sure if you place. gave the audience that introduction or not yet, so I was going to leave you to do that. Yeah. Um, I will say that uh, that the, the book will be renamed in a new version coming out in fall in September 2008, It'll simply be called School Shooters, maybe not quite as mysterious a title, uh, being published by Kensington Books under their um, Citadel imprint in New York City, a much bigger publisher. But okay. uh, the reason for that rewrite was because of everything that's happened since my other, the book, The Shooting Game, The Making of School Shooters, was published in March last year. Uh, there's right. Virginia Tech, above all else, plus all the things that have happened in the last year. But getting back to what you were talking about, I know that uh, the Montreal shooter, uh, Kim Veer Gill, uh, there was some association mentioned in the news with your game specifically, that he had That's been right. known to play your game. Now, what was your reaction to that? 
I think my initial reaction was, do I know him? Did he ever post on my forum? Because in addition to having a game, I run a discussion forum on ColumbineGame.com where people can come and talk about issues of school shootings, issues around video games as a medium. So these kinds of topics are regularly brought up. And uh, the first thing I wondered was, well, if he played the game, did he go to the site and did he start uh, chatting with all of the other users? And the answer was no. To the best of my knowledge, he never posted under any username, et cetera, et cetera. Now, this has become more apparent uh, as important now after we found out about the Finland shooter. So having said that, uh, my initial reaction was one of concern. I think I was also quite aware that uh, that the press was going to use this as a, a catapult for the same issues that happened after Columbine with regard to Doom. So it was almost a perfect experiment, unfortunately, that we had to sort of go through this debate again about a game that's actually commenting on the debate itself. So there you go. Uh, you also um, heard that Dylan uh, Cossey, the 14-year-old in uh, Pennsylvania, who corresponded with the Finland boy, uh, Pekka Eric Ovinen, um, they, one of the things that they discussed and went over in their, uh, in their communications was video games, not only about Columbine, but video games in general. Now, were you to discover, and this is not a certainty by any means yet, that your game was one of the ones that they talked about or even played, um, what would be your feelings about that? Well, I think uh, I think that wouldn't surprise me, number one, because uh, the first people who find these kinds of games uh, or, or people who engage heavily in the Internet in general tend to be the sort of people that, uh, that we would later find out are, are engaged in the Internet and who, who really are looking into subjects like Columbine. So uh, it wouldn't be surprising given that, I mean, the game has been downloaded 600,000 times. It's, it's gotten a lot of press, so anyone who might have been interested in the subject to begin with is, I'm sure, quite aware of the game now. 600,000 um, times. Of, go ahead. 600,000 times. In other words, 600,000 individuals downloaded the game. Is it a game that they would be playing with friends or just on their own? Um, I think a lot of times people will download the game out of curiosity. Uh, Some people will, I I just know because I correspond with a lot of the people after they play the game or on the forum where people come and discuss it. Uh, A lot of times people want to know more about the shooting or why it occurred. Certainly if they go to play the game because they're looking for a lot of violence and gore, they're not going to find it because it's sort of a, a 16-bit role-playing game. A lot yeah, of I, I've, seen, think, I've seen the game, and it looks a little bit like South Park as far as the animation. It's, uh, right. it's not right. uh, it, the it's most sophisticated. Like when people imagine a, school, uh, a video game about Columbine, they sort of imagine it's like a Grand Theft Auto type of game or a first-person shooter like Counter-Strike. Um, and, and the truth is a bit far from that. Um, the purpose, really, of, of using this aesthetic, because I could have made a school, uh, like a first-person shooter... We're moving into a break here. Sure, okay. So we'll um, pick this up when we get back. Not a problem. Okay.
talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. Yeah! If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you having difficulty coping with these troubled times? Do you want help? Then contact Dr. Carol Lieberman today at www.drcarol.com. Dr. Carol is a certified psychiatrist who not only has won an Emmy, but is a regular on top television shows like Oprah Winfrey and Larry King. She's here to help you through books, CDs, and helplines. Having trouble relaxing? Check out her relaxation CD. Has the fear of terrorism crippled your life? Call the terrorism hotline. And if you're having trouble with relationships... Check out her book, Bad Boys. Dr. Carol wants to help you today, so contact her at www.drcarol.com or for immediate help at 1-900-860-COPE. Get help making sense of these troubled times. www.drcarol.com Here's a show for baseball players, coaches, parents, and those who love the game. At least 90% of sports success, including baseball, requires mental strength in order to fully benefit from technical ability. And the higher the competition level, the more critical it becomes to possess mental muscle. Tune in every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific time to Championship Thinking, hosted by Jim Meyer, and brought to you by the National High School Baseball Coaches Association. Jim, sports psychology coach, trainer, and author of numerous articles and the workbook, Championship Thinking, Building Mental Muscle in Baseball, simplifies the mental game with easy to understand tools and tips. With his weekly guests, Jim draws from successes with professionals, college, high school, and youth teams, coaches, and players. Learn how to remain confident and focused at crunch time when pressure, tension, and anxiety like to make an uninvited appearance. Tune in and tune up your mental and technical knowledge and skills with Championship Thinking every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time right here on America's Voice, Voice America. VoiceAmerica.com Welcome back to Dr. Carol's Couch. If you have a question or comment for Dr. Carol, dial toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now back to the show, here's Dr. Carol Lieberman. Well, it's not Dr. Carol Lieberman, it's Joseph Lieberman, no relation, and not the senator. But I am the author of a book, The Shooting Game, The Making of School Shooters, and we're talking today also with Danny Ladone, who is the uh, creator of Super Columbine role-playing game. Uh, and we're talking about school shooting in general, but also its relation to gaming. Danny, you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Uh, recently, you sent me uh, an email that uh, was a reaction to somebody writing to your website or writing to you um, about this relationship of media, violent media, and the kids who do these school shootings. And I thought your comments were very apt. I think I sent you a, back an email to that effect. Uh, That's right. Do you sort of remember what that was about and what you were saying there? Oh, gosh. Uh, I, I can sort of give you my reactions in general, and it will probably touch on what I said there. Um I think what what we're always going to do after these kinds of shootings is look into what was going on in the uh, in the killer's life. We're going to look at his computer, we're going to look at his video game consoles, his TV, his bookshelf, and more and more these shooters make it easy for us to do that because they post all of their favorites, if you will, on their websites. Uh, Kim Beer Gill did this, uh, certainly the, the shooter in Finland recently did, 
And so I think the problem that we're having right now is the demographic that's, uh, that's committing this violence, these school shootings, say uh, 15- to 25-year-old males, to put it um, generously. This is also the same group that's one of the primary demographics for things like video games. Um, that's not to say that there aren't older people who play video games. The average age of the gamer is around 32, 33 years old. But nonetheless, uh, because of that, whenever these things happen, for some reason we're looking specifically at the games and the music. We're, we're ready to discount, for example, the fact that the school shooter in Finland read Brave New World or 1984, you know, books that we would herald as literary classics. We're not going to attack the authors of these books were they to be alive or, or the books themselves. But uh, if they list a video game, for example, well, it's, it's immediately time to start scorning this type of media but not the other type. And I find that to be a bit specious and a bit selective. Hmm. Well, I'm, I'm looking at your email right now. I managed to call that oh, up okay. quickly. And, uh, Great. Uh, we're starting with a quote from Pekka Eric Ovenen, uh, the Finnish yeah. scooter, who said, Don't blame the movies I see, the music I hear, the games I play, or the books I read, which, as you're well aware, is uh, very similar to what uh, Harrison Klebold, uh said in their videotapes when they were... That's right. And also, that was again reflected in the movie Zero Day, the story of two right. school shooters who say a very similar thing. And uh, as Carol pointed out, um, it's kind of ingenuous to say that because we're all affected by those things. And you, in fact, wrote that uh, while many school shooters are involved in violent media, music, video games, or movies, these are not marginal aspects of our culture that only turn up in the hands of mentally disturbed individuals. And uh, you also mentioned that half of Americans uh, play these games, young Americans certainly. And according to, you mentioned some sales uh, figures that the original Doom game sold in excess of 4 million copies. Grand Theft Auto series has sold in excess of 65 million copies. That's, That's a correct. huge number. And sure. other gamers have said that if gaming was the reason that school shootings happened, then the streets would be running red with blood because there's so many people playing these games. That's true. But what, I mean, obviously, uh, and I think this is something that that Dr. Laura said on her show, uh, a a teenager can see a 30-second commercial and it will affect how they dress or makeup or what they drink. Uh, And if they see that commercial repeatedly, all the more so. Uh, so do, doesn't this violence have some effect, do you think, cumulatively, especially on people who are prone to that type of uh, addictive behavior, a violent addictive behavior? What There's no question that school shooters and others who have done things like this inundate themselves in this type of media. However, I think what, what's often missed is, uh, is what, what we'd call balance. There's a balance there in the type of media that you consume, just like anything else. If all you do is play Grand Theft Auto 15 hours a day, like uh, like Devin Moore did a few years ago before he killed some Alabama cops, I think that's a real problem. I think doing anything for that extreme period of time could be very dangerous to your health. I'm not just talking about video games. I'm talking about any such activity. There's, there's a kind of balance there that, uh, that a healthy, adjusted individual achieves. Now, whether you go off the deep end with uh, particular movies that you're fixated on or you spend all your time 
on World of Warcraft or any such thing that people use to spend their time on, uh, that should concern us. And when we have someone like Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold building bombs in the basement of their house and no one notices these things, then there are real problems far beyond the video games that they're playing. Right, and I think the problem, as, as I point out in my book as well, the problem comes to a lot to do with parenting, with family, with how much attention um, families are giving to these kids. And right, but here's, here's I think, the concerning implication about what, what Carol was uh, getting to, and of course she'll have to be here to describe this later, but the implication is if this media were in fact causing this type of behavior, if we can if we can scientifically prove it and it's undisputed, which of course is so far from being true, but taking those arguments to their logical extremes, what are we to do next? Are we just going to uh, attempt to ban these games? Will Manhunt 2 go away if we give it an AO rating? No, of course not. It's going to end up on the Internet. People are going to download these things anyway. So let's consider the issues that are in front of us instead of uh, calling for these things to be boycotted or taken off. You know, prohibition doesn't work, whether it's alcohol or video games or anything. Hi, guys. I'm back. Hey. <laughs> this Glad, is Dr. Carroll. Yeah, we've been, we've been carrying it on. Okay, good. And, uh, and uh, I, this is... This is uh, a point that I can jump in at. Um, I actually think that it is good and important to uh, to prohibit um, these kinds of violent games or or you know actually in in a perfect world, in my opinion, um, well, in a perfect world, we would not have people creating producing these things in the first place because we would have all the creators realize. Um, what they're doing to society, and in fact, that was one of the reasons I moved from New York to Los Angeles um, to do script consulting and to try to convince the people in the entertainment industry that um, you know that this is causing people to become violent. And naively, years ago, when I first came here, I thought once they realized that this was causing violence, that they would stop. Um, I've had some impact, but obviously not enough. Um, well, the, bo- the bottom line rules. What well, makes exactly. people buy is what's made. Exactly. And, you know, that was one of the interesting things about Columbine, that when they took all those polls to see what people thought was the reason why the Columbine killers did what they did, it was interesting to see, gra- gratifying at least, to see that there was a higher percentage of people who realized that the media played a role than there had been, let's say, ten years ago. That, that was really very interesting and gratifying. The only problem is that parents still go out and buy these, you know, violent video games or violent or guns. I mean, look at the, the, um, the 14-year-old in, in Pennsylvania whose mother went out and right. bought him a whole um, armamentarium. guns, right. Uh, and and guns are, uh, accessibility of guns is a whole other issue. But one of the quotes that I have in my book is an old Chinese proverb that says, Society prepares the crime; the criminal simply carries it out. Mm. And I think we we have to look not only at what the media is doing, but why that media exists, and and what is it reflecting about our society. Yes, yes. I mean, obviously, people do need to. Well, a lot of it has to do with a sense of helplessness, um, wanting your child to be bit more prepared for the world than you were. You know, if you were bullied or you feel helpless. Oh, my. And there's the music. Well, at least I get to say goodbye to you. (laughs) Well, thanks for having us on. You're welcome. We definitely will have to do this again. 
Uh, again, my guests are Joseph Lieberman, the author of The Shooting Game, The Making of High School Shooting Shooters, and Danny Ladone, uh, the creator of Super Columbine Massacre RPG. And um, yes, certainly I'm sure um, you gave my listeners a lot to think about, and this is really something that uh, that everyone needs to think about when you go to pay money for the movie that's violent, the video game that's violent, you know, what are you supporting? What are you saying by your vote, in a sense, um, agreeing to be bombarded by all of this violence? Well, again, thank you very much for joining me on Dr. Carol's Couch, and um, uh, thank you all for listening and for being indulgent of my uh, little break for Fox News talking about OJ, which is not all that um, far afield from high school shooters. Uh, so thank you for listening to Dr. Carol's Couch, and I'm your psychiatrist host, Dr. Carol Lieberman. Joining us on Dr. Carol's Couch. Join us next week at 1 p.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Dr. Carol's Couch. We'll save you a seat.